Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Now, Broncos v. Doggies. Uh, Reynolds comes out firing. Uh, he actually, I thought he played well the whole game, not just uh, the second half. But Doggies come out. They put a score on the, the, uh, the Broncos, and when everyone's sitting there going, uh-oh. The Broncos, the team that the NRL, like, as in fans, love to hate because they've been successful, which is understandable. Uh, they're sitting there licking their lips going, please, Doggies, please put one over the fucking Broncos so that <laughs> Broncos fans can feel our pain. Then the Broncos fight back. Timmy, what do you think about this game? It's a really interesting one, wasn't it? Um, I was in that bandwagon of please pump them doggies. Uh, didn't mm. eventuate that way. If some like massive, some standout performances like TPJ uh, going on stats, they're 23 offloads in his last six games. I mm. think in a dog side that is struggling to score points, you need this second phase play created. And that's where TPJ just becomes invaluable. Payne Haas. Played pretty well the whole game with a grade one AC joint injury. 23 runs, 31 tackles is just ridiculous. Um, it, it's a real uh, a real pain tolerance sort of thing, the old mm. AC joint. So you can get through, but it bloody hurts. I don't know how Hass... No pun intended? No, not at all, mate. <laughs> not smart enough for that. So <laughs> um, The one that intrigues me, and it's a, it's a question for you. So let's say five, ten years ago... Completions were everything in rugby league, weren't they? And mm. and you you know, coaches at any level of the game would say, if we can go out and complete it eighty plus percent, we are every chance and should be winning this game. Mm. The doggies completed at eighty eight percent and were blown out of the park in the back end of the game. Mm. And we've seen this in the last few years where completions aren't everything. Um, yeah. And I, I'm curious on your thoughts as to why that's changed particularly in sort of the last two or three years but even the last sort of four or five years they're not everything yeah look i think it's a mixture of two things defense has improved dramatically and also the six again rule it's all about momentum you yeah. get that momentum you put on fucking i mean you look at um the raiders had for 39 minutes of the second half they didn't have a single tackle in the panthers uh, so that's purely like the, the momentum is just all on the Panthers' side. Um, I actually think the Raiders were like they did well to hold on the way they did because they were under under the pump. Um, so yeah, I think it's a mixture of I think we're really it's exacerbated the problem, not the problem, but usually the correlation between completion and, and winning the game. But I will say. The reason the Tigers were still in the game is because their completion was so high. Yeah, we're going to get that. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so it's a double-edged sword. Like, you do want high completion, but you also – like, I think the year that the Roosters won the comp, they had one of the worst completion rates in the NRL. Well, I was about to point out, I reckon at the end of 2016, Melbourne lost to Cronulla, and I think you can see the football that um, Melbourne have played since then. 
Craig Bellamy sort of came back in 2017 and sort of went. Well, Smithy said that they went back after that game yep. and said, we need to change the way yeah, we, we play. We need to change what we're doing, yeah. yeah. And for, for me, that's the moment where it sort of changed with your completions. The Chooks did the same thing. Mm. And, yeah, it's sort of it's it's been more so playing with more risk in your game. And as long as your defence can back up turnovers yep. and, and mistakes when you are playing attacking footy, uh, that, that, I, I, I always think back to that 2017 storm side and go, that's sort of where it changed for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I've spoken to Smithy specifically about yeah. that. And he said, we lost that finals, which is, this is, just shows you how good the Storm are. They lose a grand final by two seconds. Mm. They go back and say, we need to change it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We need to change the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Remember how close they were to scoring on the last play? Oh. Yeah, literally. They lost by two seconds. Yeah. They lost the fucking grand final by two seconds. And I think what's also um, deserves credit is the Storm that we're seeing now is a direct reflection or result of the decision made at the end of 2017 because they turned from why well, I'm so happy for the storm like I know people, storm have haters and everything why well, I'm so happy for the storm that they won the comp in the rule changes is it was a clear sign that this is not a club that just wins because it's got good wrestle this is a club that wins because it's a good club and they the first year the rule change coming in they absolutely blow everyone off the park mm. and showed everyone we're actually now the old storm, uh, I guess, the old storm stereotype in our heads still lingers. But if you were to just come in watching footy from 2018 onwards, let's say that you started watching footy, storm, 18 to now, you would actually consider storm as an attacking flary side. Yeah. But we still don't even think that. They just won by 70 points. If you said what, what kind of st- side the storm is, people go, oh, grindy, wrestle, um, completion rate. But they're actually the most attacking flair side we've got in the comp. They broke the record last year. Or was it last year or the year before? They're playing three fullbacks in their yeah. spine. Like like, we yeah. haven't seen an attacking side of this arguably ever in the comp. And completion rates are down. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's all about the key for the Storm. It's all about the, um, the scramble, yeah. winning scrambles. Like the missed three tackles, but... How many times do you see Coates fucking shoot out of the line, miss a tackle, but Hughes and that are coming around the back? So, yeah, it's all about those um, transition periods of, like, never being fit enough to be always moving. How often do you see, like, a try scored because, you know, let's say you've got two defenders here and, that, like, it's coming along this way, the ball, and the, the inside defender, he trails in, he trails in, but then that third defender is, is just walking. Well. That's where the hole is. And the Storm are so good at no matter what, they're always moving, always moving. And that's like the Penrith Panthers, they're always moving. Whereas the lower tier sides, that third and fourth player, oh, the ball's over there, I'm, I'm clocking off, like, oh, it's not my job. So that's where I think the battles are won and losses in that, in the, the scramble. And it's, it's actually what the Broncos, when I was playing for them, was known for. We didn't have the highest completion rate or um, the best defense. We had a lot of missed tackles, but our scramble was yeah. second to none. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, what did you think about the, the Broncos-Bulldogs game? Um, I've got some notes written down, but I try to watch the game as objectively as I can mm. um, for the sake of this show, but it really warms my heart when Reynolds, when Reynolds plays well because... Yep. <laughs> he, I was driving that point home. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, At least you don't have to. Yeah, fuck, thanks, bro. Nah, look, he, he was so good. And it, just, it just shows what, what that bloke can do. I thought... Um, was it Pal- Palacia? Is that how you pronounce his name? Keenan Keenan Palacia? Oh, yeah, Palacia. Uh, Palacia, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was you know what? It probably is said a different way to what we both said it. Uh, let us know in the comment section because it sounds like a um, Samoan or Tongan. Uh, 
or it sounds like a different heritage name. So if you are the same heritage as Keenan, let us know. If we're saying it incorrectly, please let us know. We're always trying to correct it. Yeah, I thought I thought he was great off the bench. Um, he's a fucking beast, Keenan. Yeah. I really rate him, and he's actually been hidden. If if Painhas isn't in that side, we're all talking about this young gun, Keenan Palacina, Palacia, yeah. that's killing it. Um, there was a point in the first half, I've got written down here, that I think it was three times in a row, their, their last tackle options, either they didn't get to Reynolds or they, they fucked up the kick or something. I thought, fuck, they really need to sharpen that up, which they eventually did. But my biggest takeaway of the game was Tamara Martin. I thought he was, I thought he was incredibly busy and he just, he just wanted to be involved. And that was great to see in his first game back. I thought he was good. You know what I liked about the Broncos or what, what I thought stood out was I think it was a real game that showed like there are levels in the NRL. Like there are certain players that they just got something that touched that's a little bit better. And, and Martin is one of those players. Like he, we know... Like, it's not like he set the world alight, but every single one of his touches had class about it. And this is his first game back in fucking a million days. And I think Reynolds as well, he showed that even though he's, what, 32, 33, he has that touch of class that at the, at the, the Rabbitohs, you don't notice it because he's in a premiership threat side. But you bring a guy like that to the Broncos, you see, oh, this is the difference between a solid NRL seven and an elite top tier seven. And Reynolds is showing that even against the Panthers, his kicking game was fantastic. And Martin as well. He showed that like, there's a reason why Martin was considered one of the best young stars coming through is because he's got that extra little bit of class that a lot of just solid first graders don't really have. And that was really the difference. The difference was, was we had two players that had that extra little bit of class that unfortunately the doggies don't have. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about the Broncos and then we'll get into uh, the doggies. Um, Reynolds, fantastic. Yeah, very, I've got written in my notes, it was 14, 12 or 20 minutes ago and I just had a question mark next to it, who's going to stand up? Mm. And Reynolds, you know, you, you said his whole game was good, I agree, but that last 20 minutes was exceptional. Yep. Um, you know, beat them with the chip, beat them with the grubber, beat them with the cutout ball. If you said to me that Adam Reynolds had set up three tries down the right edge in the last 20 minutes, I would assume that Tony Staggs has put on an absolute show. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even utilise Staggs. He mm. did it with, with his kicking game and, and using Selwyn. I thought it was incredibly impressive. Tomorrow, Martin, you mentioned, mate, if there was one guy that I could understand playing with fear, oh, mate. it's Tamara. To yeah. do it, like, the way that he gets the ball, and if, if no one's in a better position than him, he just takes the whack. Yes, and that's that, that's that experience, yeah. that, like, different level of NRL of, like, just, you know, to do your job. Just do your job. Just, yeah. Every time there was, yeah, there was, a, there was a couple of inside balls he ran that they just weren't on. And mm. I think he knew they weren't on, but yep. he knew that's my assignment. I have to be there. Absolutely. For that. And absolutely. he got absolutely whacked by the markers on the inside. He's tough as nail. Like, he's, you know, one of the most skillful guys on his day, but he's Mate, tough. He, he might be a heaven sent for the Broncos. Because, like, I think that what has proven is Selwyn Cobbo is still at least 12 minimum 12, most likely 24 months away from being a fullback in the NRL. He, he yeah. needs time to... So the good thing about having Martin there, um, if he does continue to play this well, is it releases pressure from Selwyn and you can go to Selwyn, mate, you just be the best wing you can be in the pre-seasons, in the off-seasons, we'll work on your fullback role. You don't have to worry about, oh, fuck, there's an injury, maybe we need to put Selwyn in there. No, no, you just become a gun winger and we can sort everything else out. Uh, so and, and also, just from a personal level with Martin... Congratulations, mate. Like, what an incredible yeah. journey. What an incre- This guy had a brain bleed. Now he's back in a Broncos jersey in the Suncorp Stadium 
in a, a, in a like a fantastic win. Incredible, incredible. So congratulations to Martin. What did you think of the Broncos, Timmy? Yeah, look, as I said, they, uh, we touched on it a little bit before, but just halves digging into the line and, and the ones who probably don't get the credit on the stat sheet that y- you'd expect. And Adam Reynolds, it's him, isn't it? The yeah. way he digs into the line, how deep he goes, just whack at the last minute out the back. The ho- every bloke outside them defensively, turn their hips in and it creates the space for your stags, your cobos and that on the yeah. weekend. And I thought it was phenomenal. And it's showing at the bunnies this year, isn't it? Mm. Because Cody Walk hasn't been himself. They're sort of not clicking the way we expect them too well. You've got to go back and go, what's different? Well, there's no Adam Reynolds there, mm. is there? And Lachlan Illis has been good, but it's like it shows the value of Adam Reynolds when he's fit and firing. Uh, just fantastic. So, And on Tamari, mate, you, you'd love nothing more than to see him locking that number one jumper. I know Tessie News back soon, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but he did look very good for a first game back in a long time. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I think there's promise for the Broncos. Um, they, they certainly still have issues in their team, but the fact that, albeit playing against the Bulldogs, the fact that they're able to pile on so many points so quickly gives you a bit of belief that's like, you know what, there's a good attacking side in this yeah. and they can do some damage. Whether that's a top eight sort of team, I, I still question, but there's signs of life. Well, I mean, the positive is, is that, that, that they're sitting ninth. Mm. I couldn't believe it when I opened the ladder last night. <laughs> and saw them. Like, yeah. respectfully, I just didn't... And I don't know who I expected to be at ninth, but I didn't expect it to be Brisbane. Look, I, I think a lot of people after, you know, the last few weeks would have been like, Brisbane are at least 14th. Mm. I think that's the vibe that we all got. Um, yeah, we'll speak about the positive. We'll get to the negatives. What, what else did you – What you were going to say something earlier? I was just going to say before, like with, with um, tomorrow, I know it's early days, but for me, I'm looking at him and I'm going, I don't know which problem you've solved, whether it's fullback or 5'8", but I think you've solved one of them. Yeah. Like once Tessie returns, I personally think tomorrow Martin could be the guy to wear the six there. Yeah, I thought Gamble, you know, I love his passion. I love his energy, but I didn't think – he, I thought I didn't. He didn't have his best game, in my opinion. Yeah, I also thought um, Billy Wallace was probably overplayed his hand a little bit. Corey Pakes came in. I thought he was uh, very impressive. So, do you play Corey? Do you start him? I, I, mate, based on last week, I think I do. I, I you know, I, I've always said I really like Billy as a hooker. I've always preferred him as a hooker, but I thought he really overplayed his hand the other night and made it hard for Adam Reynolds um, and the Broncos in general. So, I think I would go with Pakes, mate. Mm. Yeah. What about yourself? Would you start him? Uh, I like Walters particularly as a, as a bench player just because he's so versatile. He can come on. He's got a good running game, so he can inject plenty of energy into a side coming off the bench. So, yeah, I'd start packs. And I was just going to touch on that line of Corey Oates for that trial was so seductive. I absolutely oh, love yeah. it. Oh, Beautiful I love seeing a winger come off, the, off yeah. their edge and come in the middle of the field and run a line like that. God, it was like... I don't know if it was great coaching from Kevy or if it was Adam Reynolds who teed that one up. Well, it's like, the line he's done for years. Yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah. it's a choreo special. But to bring it back in, yeah. it's been, it feels like it's been a fair while. Yeah, or maybe sure. it just hasn't been as effective. But you know what? That we haven't had out, the players to fucking execute it. That's what it is. Yeah, well, for you, there yeah. you go. Jeez, it was nice. <laughs> it was beautiful. Reynolds to a T. Oh. And also, like, it's such a good play because it's like, even if you tackle him, he's such a fucking big runner of the ball. It's very hard to stop him near the line. Um, yeah, Corey Pakes is a really interesting one because I love what he brought. I love the energy. He does seem to suit the new version of a hooker with that explosive running game. My only concern is like game management. Can he manage a game uh, the way a guy like Walter? I know Walters didn't play the best, but I don't know. I, I just think maybe we give Walters a couple more weeks to find his feet a little bit. Uh, but if you were to start Corey Pakes... I would be like, you know, he's probably earned that. And I agree with you to some extent there. Pakes, I think he's a great runner out of dummy half, but I don't think he picks his moments overly well. That's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be tough. Like, you put him on as a starting hooker, you're basically saying, we want him to play 60 minutes. 
I, I would just be saying to Billy, like, mate, just whatever Adam wants, just give it to him. Because we can bring Corey on to take those moments. We can bring him on for the running moments. I'll be saying to Billy, we just all we need from you is great service out of dummy half. Obviously, if there's something that's there, take it. Um, but the, we can bring on that explosive hooker for the 20-minute period. I just think he suits that so well. But, but you're right, the, they looked much better with Corey on the field. And so it, it's, it's, it's probably their thing that goes unnoticed. Like, I think it's hard as a viewer, whether you know, you're Cameron Smith or you're some Joe Blow on the sideline, watching a game of footy and noticing whether that hooker is giving their halves good service or not. Mm. You notice the, the, the pass that goes a metre behind him and the rubbish yeah. stuff that hits the deck, but every single ball, every single set, whether it's good or not, and that's where I'd love to, you know, for someone to press that, I mean, don't get me wrong, Adam Reynolds isn't going to say it or press and throw one of his hookers under the bus, but if you're speaking to him separately and saying, mate, out of Jake Turpin, Billy Wilders, Corey Parks, who gives you the best service in and out? Because we might sit there and go, oh, geez, Pax's running game's good, he's doing damage. But if Billy Walters is hitting him on the chest, out in front of him every single time, mm. well, that's worth far more to you as a half and a football team yeah. than a couple of good runs here and there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Where does, uh, what's, where's Turpin land? What's happening with him? I was him, just about to say, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel a bit sorry for Turpin because... He started so well and he's been the hooker through such a tough time at the Broncos and with so many different halves pairings that, like, it's, it's understandable that he hasn't really clicked for himself yet. Um, and he does get through a lot of good defensive work. I, I wouldn't count him out just yet, you yeah. know? And, I mean, they, they've backed him for a long time. You've got to remember, they, they let Andrew McCulloch go. He was going to come back and they let Don't him go again. fucking remind yeah, I didn't want to. upset <laughs> you, but... Um, Fuck, wouldn't an Andrew McCulloch be handy? Yeah. And then, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, fuck me, Dad. Honestly, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, we got no hookers in our in our top 30 and we get rid of our second, like, seriously. Uh, that was a tough call to swallow. Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't give on give up on Turpin yet. I actually think out of all the, all the guys we just mentioned, him and his best is the best hooker at the club. I think that he's got the, he's got the best defense for sure. Um, I think he's probably got the best passing service out of a hooker. It's just a matter of finding that, finding his groove again. So yeah, what's tough is like I, when he was playing really good footy, I think he signed for unders to stay at the club. It's one of those things like fans won't ever thank Turpin for that. Now yeah. that he's struggling, fans will be like, you yeah, don't resign him like, or yeah, sign him for unders, like sign him for less. Where Turpin, like he was getting talked about in origin circles when he came in and also had big offers from other clubs, chose to stay loyal through a tough time. So I, th- I just think stick with it with Turpin. I think there's something there. I really do. I know he hasn't been that X-factor-ish, but I think just give him some time. I really do. think you give him some time. If, uh, if all three are available this weekend, how would you select your side? You know what? I would probably go... Turpin to start at nine and I would put um, Pakes on the bench okay. and Billy Walters would drop out. I think Billy has had a, he's had a few weeks in the first grade side now yep. and he just hasn't played as well as he did in the trials and also the trial he did play well in was against a reserve grade side. Um, so although I'm stoked for Billy and I think he has put some good footy together, I also believe that Corey Pakes has just offered too much and I think that Turpin... I, I just didn't think Billy was good enough to take Turpin's jersey off him yet. But I think it's super close. Out of those three guys, whoever wants that jersey the most is going to get it because it's up for grabs. And I think you asked me at the start of the year, is the nine jersey up for grabs? Is it? Yeah. 
And I said, look, I think Turpin's probably got the first dibs at it. But I think now we're truly in a position where that nine jersey is up for grabs. If you want it, it's there to be taken. And, mate, you know, like out of the three of them, you don't even have to have an outstanding month. You just have to have a solid month. Solid month. It's get, yours. Great service. Get through yeah. your tackles and run the ball yeah. when you see one marker. Mm. Run it and run it hard and don't run it. Sometimes I look at hookers and obviously not being a, a nine myself, but some, it frustrates me when hookers see there's one marker and they, they get out of out of dummy half and they kind of jog waiting for the past it's like fuck the past just run Go. like and, yep. and at yep. the very least you'll get a quick play of the ball and that's a win that's a win but if you jump out and you're constantly like looking for that big play that short play or whatever you get dominated we just lost everything you, you may as well pass it off the deck to that player so <clears throat> They're not listening to this podcast, but if on the sport chance they do. Bro. But, but at the same time, <laughs> when, when you watch Melbourne, you can see if, if they win a play the ball. Harry Grant, you, he doesn't, he's just got tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. So he should. Sometimes you see him and Brandon Smith jostle with each other yeah. who gets to take it. And it, the thing is, if you get out and go and there's no one around you, that's their fucking fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. So as a nine, like I would just be saying, as soon as there is one marker, fucking go. And if they don't get close enough to you to be able to tip on, that's their fault for not being up on the play and realising that there's a big play on board. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, outside of that, um, one little nitpick I've got uh, that I'm starting to see with Herbie, there's no bigger fan of Herbie than me. Like, I love him. I want him to be at the club. He, Him and Haas were like two of the... When times were tough, they fucking turned up. Yeah. But I do believe his centre play needs a little bit of work. He struggles to... A lot of centres, like, he's a run first, pass second centre. And a lot of the time, as soon as he gets the ball, he steps straight back inside. And he, mm. Whereas you're seeing even guys like Sifa, they're almost judging straight away, like, okay, can I you know, get my wing or one-on-one. Whereas, like, very rarely does Herbie look and think, like, how can I set my outside up? And I do think he needs a little bit of work on his passing game as a centre. Uh, and that's being very nitpicky. He's still one of our better players. He's still uh, fantastic. But I did notice on the weekend, I was like, fuck, there's a few times where your first instinct was step inside and do what I want to do with the ball, which is, which is good. That's what makes him so great. He wants to get through work. He wants to get his hands on the ball. But I think there are a few times where he could have at least just kept the option open to try and get his winger a bit of space. Um, is that something you've noticed or not really? Yeah, and I mean, he, he comes off his left a lot. And when you're playing most of the comp, Herbie's talented enough to get away with it and still cause damage. But if you want to start to beat these top teams, mm. I, I, I personally think you're making the job easier for you if the centre... Is coming in, coming off yeah. your left foot every time. So yeah, I, well, I, I agree. I think Herbie's been great this year, but I agree. it's one thing that I sort of always think. Geez, Corey is playing good footy this year. He doesn't get much ball. He doesn't get much ball at all. And yeah. matter of fact, he hasn't got much ball for quite a few years. Probably why he's come in for that play the other night. Yeah, he gets for sure. His hands on the ball. For sure. Yeah. And the thing was, is like there were a few times where I was like, he absolutely could have got. They may not have scored, but he would have at least had an opportunity to finish something. Have you seen it or not seen it, Timmy? I hadn't seen a lot of it, but the first thing that comes to mind is that, uh, generally speaking, when a, a player's, say, let's say a left centre, is coming off their left foot and stepping infield every time, generally means they're probably on the wrong edge. Mm. Now, that's not going to happen at Brisbane because Katoni Staggs yeah, is good locked and loaded on the right. Good but totally you think if you're a centre, you're getting one-on-one with the bloke and you're stepping off to get to their outside fend and either draw and pass or pop it or whatever it is, He's coming back in towards the ruck, which isn't really good for anyone, particularly your winger. So, again, I could be wrong, but that's my gut feel about it. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Um, Do you think he is a centre? 
I don't know. I don't, oh, I don't know. know what he is, but I'm not convinced he's a centre. I, that's why I wouldn't mind him as a winger because he gets through a bunch yeah. of work. He's a fantastic ball runner. He can finish. He's pretty tall, 6'2". He's athletic. I actually think he's probably suited more... Like, unless... I think he can become a centre, put it that way. I think given another off-season of training, given enough off-season of learning to like... You know, if he did some sessions with Steve Renoff and that, I think he definitely could be. But I think like the version of Herbie right now is probably wing because he, he, he suits the, the modern winger, which is 20 to 25 hit-ups, five to eight tackle breaks and a bunch yeah. of metres. Um, whereas does he have a lot of passes statistics? Not really, not really at all. Um, if anything, I feel like Staggs, he actually looks for his winger more, that flick, uh, than Herbie does. Yeah. Uh, so I do think if you're right, like against the lower tier teams, you can get away with it. But if you really want to challenge into that top, top tier, you need to turn... Yeah, we got 20 metres into, we nearly scored a try. Uh, but again, that's very fucking nitpicky. I'm a huge fan of Herbie. Uh, anything else that stood out for you guys for the Broncos? Look, I, I love the fact that I love their fight, that they, they, they fought their way back into the context. Uh, I love that they didn't drop their bundle. Uh, I love that they could put on a bunch of points and they were patient. They didn't allow the game to just... They didn't give up and allow the game, oh, you know, we've lost this one or, you know, it's not, it's not our night. It didn't seem like it was their night. So great signs for the Broncos. Now it's all about, it's all about week in, week out stuff, really. Week in, week. Can you do that? Uh, week in, week out. Another stat for Martin that is really fucking impressive is eight tackles, zero misses as a fullback. That's really, really good. Really good. I thought the other thing that impressed me with Brisbane was that, like, the last few weeks it's been give the ball to... Katoni, see what happens. That wasn't working. Mm. So they had to go looking yeah. elsewhere to do things that I thought was really good. I thought shop. We'll Mate, get to shop. Yeah. Fuck me, you did a good job. Did you did a know. really good job. Uh, I want to give Selwyn Cobbo a wrap. Um, you know, I, I really think that uh, he's he seems to have found his groove a bit. I was a bit concerned there a few weeks ago of this kid probably needs a couple of weeks in reserve grade just to find his confidence. But I think that he has found his way a little bit and he's, he's starting to understand what it takes to be a first grader. Uh, you know, the, the, the try that he scored and the try that he set up, like, fuck. Incredible. Yeah, we, Incredible. We said it a few weeks ago, and I'm sure you remember it, Timmy, when he, I think it was, I forget which game it was, but he, he got a ball and he's in goals that he never should have got out from and he managed to get out. Yeah. And I, I remember just sitting there going, fuck, that looks like a bit of a light bulb moment yeah. for this guy realising that this is where he should be. And since then, he's been sensational. Yeah, been great, been great. Um, now... On to the doggies. Yeah, you, you mentioned Aaron Schopp. I thought his defence on Katoni was sensational. I haven't seen Katoni get pushed back like he was in that game. By, by another rookie. Yeah, handed him really. And he's a guy that, you know, I spoke about in the off-season. I absolutely loved him. I don't know what he's done at Canterbury, but he's fallen out of favour there. I don't know why. He was one of their best players when by they struggled. far and away. Like if, if I had to choose a shining light for 2021, it would have been Schopp. He's a rookie that's super fucking physical, got through his work and was great in defence. Goes up against, like, if that doesn't give him his spot, at least for another few weeks, I don't know what will. Goes up against the Katoni Stags and was fantastic. Like, he, he really put it to him. 11 tackles, only one miss, two one-on-one tackles against Katoni Stags. If that isn't fucking a good knock, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. And he was why they had to look elsewhere to find points. 166 yeah. metres. This is Shop's performance. Matter of fact, he might even make my team of the week. Seriously. <laughs> Fucking hell. 100, he had a try assist. He had uh, 19 runs. 
166 metres, 51 post contact, five tackle breaks, a line break assist, two offloads, 11 tackles, and only one miss. Against Katoni Staggs. Beast. That's a great knock. That's a great knock. So, huge grabs to shop. I, I've been a fan of shop for quite a while now. Um, what did you think of the Bulldogs, Timmy? Touch on the other centre as well, Jacob yeah. Kiraz, who's coming oh, in out Absolutely. of nowhere. Um, you know what's frustrating? Sorry to interrupt you, bro, and I'll be quick. Is if you're the doggies, you're going, fuck, why do we spend money bringing these other people in yeah. when we've got these great rookies in there? How good was he, eh? Yeah. Like, it, it, um, we had three or four blokes out because of COVID protocols, that sort of stuff, and just so light on his feet, just looked threatening. A side that we, as we know, struggles for points a little bit in the past. God, he looked good. Yeah. Um, do we know is he available this week or not? Because I don't think he was in their top 30. So there, was, there might be question marks over whether, whether he's eligible or not, mm. um, but don't have any confirmation on it. But yeah. God, like to see him not dropped after that, but not be able to play would be a killer. Mate, I think, that, that I think they've earned the right to keep their spots. And I think, um, you know, you probably put Naden on the sting next yeah. week. Uh, Ockenbore, you replace Ockenbore with Naden. Um, yeah. Huge congratulations to Kiraz. He looked, he just has this weird danger about him. You know what I mean? Like he, he didn't, it wasn't like he was this super imposing giant, but every time he got the ball, he seemed to break a bunch of tackles, get a half line break here. He was fantastic. Like really, really good. Seven tackle breaks in your debut. That's fucking not bad. Four offloads. What a knock. What a knock. Even have the confidence to come in and throw offloads, like yeah. on your debut. Like, yeah. you know, it's a real confidence thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. you don't want to throw one, hit the ground, and just look like an idiot. Um, to throw them, mate, he, he's special. Uh, what do you think about the doggies, Matty? Yeah, it was kind of disappointing how they finished. They just, it just seemed they just, they just ran out of steam. Um, it, it's a tough question, but do you just throw Adokar at fullback? Just, just give him a go? Because Greg Alexander said at the start of last year he should have got the first crack. Uh, Dufty's been good thoughts. the past two weeks. Yeah. Dufty was good on the weekend. I'm not understanding that at all. Just like, for something, I don't know. I'm just I'm asking the question just for something. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But like he scored two tries. This is Adokar's stats on the weekend: two tries, 171 meters, 43 post contact, 10 tackle breaks, two line breaks, and an offload. Like that's a great knock on the wing. Why would you want to change that? Mm. Why would you want to change that? Yeah, and there's no. I was saying there's a place. You can get away with it, but I, I really don't think there's a place for a non-ball-playing fullback in the modern game. I don't mm. think there has been for a number of years. I, like, I know Dylan Edwards being in the best team in the comp, it's a little bit hard because he's not a great ball-playing fullback, but there's so many great attacking players elsewhere that they can get away with it a little bit, and he has so many other great areas. But I think, you know, if maybe Adokar's being a bit more limited and restricted, rather than putting the fullback to get him more involved as one of their strike weapons, you just say, mate, come off your wing, yeah. float around the ruck, coming out. You've got TPJ there. Just hang off TPJ's hit. Imagine having, having Dufty and, and Adokar floating around that ruck there, coming out. You have any offload, yeah. any space, gone. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And just, and just tip up the edge to everyone move out one. Like, you know, it's a, it's a fox set. And yeah. he's just allowed to do everything he wants to do in the middle there. And everyone just pushes out one so that they've got enough width, get the centre to keep width. Um, yeah, look, I, I think moving moving Fox to fullback, it's like, is that the long-term fix for you guys? Like, is that what you're going to get into finals footy with? It, even though, you know, Fox for me is one of the greatest wingers to ever play the game, ever play the game. So... I think he does so well on the wing. I, I wouldn't want to change that if I'm the doggy. Uh, you know, you brought Dufty for a reason. You know that Dufty he is going to be up and down at times, but I, I just if you're going to sign Dufty, there's nowhere else you can play Dufty outside of fullback. 
we know from watching the Dragons last two years when they win games of football, it's off the back of Dufty. Mm. And I, you know, I, I actually thought there was a moment in this game where it was pretty close, and I think it was uh, the five eight took Dufty on the inside, threw an inside ball to him, and he was gone, mm. and he dropped the ball. Mm. And I thought it was a real turn of momentum in this game, and you know, unfortunate, but geez, if Dufty takes that ball, I honestly think this game could have played out a, a, a little bit differently. It's the way it goes sometimes, mate. Guy that I thought was outstanding, Josh Jackson, one hundred and fifty meters. 51 tackles. Zero missed. No missed tackles. Jesus. <clears throat> I'm going to no sound like a massive noticed. hater right now. Yep. I love Josh Jackson and I love those stats. That's incredible. But I just think in the modern game, you need a ball playing 13. I think mm. those kind of stats, he should be probably in the front row, on the edge maybe. You need him in your starting 13 and yep. you need him playing 80 minutes. I, I'm not denying that. I just think the biggest issue at the Bulldogs right now is like, I know you're big on Marshall King, but... I don't know whether he has the right game management at nine. Um, you know, I think, unfortunately, Burton has, has really struggled, like really struggled. His fifth tackle options haven't been great. He's missing quite a few tackles. Uh, he just hasn't kicked on the way we thought he would. You know what? I think a lot of us knew that actually it's going to be a struggle for Burton. It's a matter of could they push through it. I, I just think Josh Jackson... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss do you think he suits 13 like no of course not game? Yeah. He's, he's a front rower yeah. I'll tell you what has really hurt Canterbury and no one will talk, talk about it when they signed Johnny Asiata and he wasn't able to play mm. fuck he, he he is exactly what they sort of need through the middle in my opinion I, I, no, Josh Jackson's stats are incredible is what I've been saying about Tamalolo for five or six years what he does at 13, he can do in the front row, and mm. that's the same as Josh Jackson. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm still never going to underappreciate what a warrior like Jackson yeah. does. Oh, I, I, yeah. I know you're not, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just I, – he's got to be in the team somewhere. Personally, I don't think he has the legs to be on an edge anymore either. Mm. So I just think he has to become a middle forward, which they've got an absolute heap of, but they don't have a 13 to come here and play that role. And, you know, Jeremy Marshall King, I like him. But there's no one that is better than him at Canterbury. Oh, yeah, that, that, I agree. That, That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't... They've got young Josh Cook there. I, I don't know. You've seen much of him. Um, Jackson Tapine, I cannot believe he is still not in this side. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what... I don't know if it's an attitude thing. I don't know if him and Barrett don't get along. I don't know. But every time I watch him in reserve grade, he looks incredible. And I feel like he could probably play 13. Bit of a ball 13, player. Yeah, he could. He's just... Yeah, I don't know. It's a bizarre little situation. Yeah, I just think in their key spots, they don't have, you know, look, I, I think they're going to be a completely different side with Marnie, that's for sure. Yes. We have to remember, they have signed Marnie. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they've also signed Billy Army Kickout. Fuck. I think that's going to change. I, I actually think that, that that could change. Things could change and change quickly at the Doggies because of those two key signings. Do you think they're biding their time a little bit then? Of like... Fuck, like, why would we bring in another, like, we'll keep Marshall King there because he does a job and we don't need to go out and buy someone else right now and we're just going to wait for Marnie to get there? 
Do you think that could be a possibility? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess so. Um, I don't know. It sort of felt like they were doing that last year with Burton too. Yeah, I they've mean, tried. Yeah. Like how they like they've tried to get that nine. They were a whisker from Appy Coruscant a couple of years back. Oh, they, we thought so, it was done. Yeah, yeah, so they had like they've clearly prioritised the position. Got he came um, didn't land him. I think they were trying to get Marnie to get him out of his contract early and trying to get him there. Like that just would have changed everything because you look at we we've spoken. I mean, you boys have spoken about myself and Guru speak about it all the time. You know, it takes time for combinations to gel. It takes time for great combinations to gel, let alone, you know, not a throw-together side. But, you know, Matty Burton played centre all last year, having come through juniors, obviously, as a half. But you look at a spine of Dufty, who was unwanted at the Dragons, Burton, who's a positional shift from the best team in the comp to one of the worst teams in the comp, Kyle Flanagan, who's been, you know, here and there over the last couple of years, and Marshall King, who does a solid job, but there's not a lot of attacking flair in that spine. Is there? We know Dufty's got speed. We know Burton's got a great running game, but... Just to tie it all together, Amani or Nappy Corus out. As a next year, they're going to be laughing the dogs. They'll have had a whole season to get these combinations gelling, but this year, it's just, it's just not there. Is it? Oh, mate, it's it's tough, and I, I I do think the doggies probably thought Burton was going to be a bit better than he was because I I knew it was going to be hard to Burton, but I've actually been a bit surprised. I don't know. I thought he started the season really well, but ever since. Got a great kick. The bomb is great, but some of his fifth tackle options are not the not the best. Uh, not not the best. They're, they're pretty poor. Um, his running game doesn't seem to be what it was. And the concern I have is like, as a young player, you don't want him to get to a point where he's like scarred. You know, like he plays a whole year and it's just shit. He hates his footy, and it's only a two year deal, isn't it? So that would mean technically he can sign with someone else at the end of this year. Jeez, I don't want to say that, doggies fans, but can we get that for like? Yeah, it is. I'll confirm that. Confirm that? Is there a world where Burton's hating life and he goes, fuck? Surely Burton's, like, you'd like, seems like a level-headed, seems like a good fella and that, I don't know. I think he's a great bloke. Yeah, seems like a great bloke. There's a bright future in this dog's hole. We've just said it. Reid Marnie's going to come in next year. He's going to take a heap of pressure off him. Um, You know, Kikau's come in. I think they're... I think they'll be massive top eight contenders next year. Mm. Um, and you touched on it before, they're sort of waiting and waiting for next year to come around. Um, this year's about forming those combinations. And if I'm Burton, I'm going, you know what? I'm at a proud club with a rich history, a great fan base. I can make something out of this and, and make a real future here and, mm. and hopefully become a long-time servant of this club. I'm not looking at, looking at going, you know, there's no new boats coming in. How do things change? I'm going, no, there's a future. Like, yeah. as, as soon as next year. Mm. Yes, there's a world where he looks elsewhere, but... I'd like to think the big fellas are yeah. invested. But 20, it, 20, sorry, 2023 is going to be a big year because 2024 is a player option. Okay, so he's got a player option. Yep. So technically he could say now he's not taken up. The big concern is, is like there's a big club that may be about to lose a six. Yeah. And this is where I, I agree with everything you said about Burton. I hope that's his mindset. But if Burton turns around and goes, what the fuck? Six months ago I was winning a comp. I was a Dallium centre. I was close to winning a Clive Churchill. What am I doing? I'd go, yeah, no. Fair. He I, was I playing Origin that. pretty much. Playing, yeah, yeah like, like he was going to play Origin. It's oh, yeah, and, and I think that's the other thing with him playing five eight at the moment. Like you've also got to remember that yes, he played centre, you know, last year, so he missed out on a like he's only twenty two. Yeah, he hasn't he's, played this whole year at six yet. Yeah, he's a missed a lot of, and he spent a lot of time also coming off the bench for Penrith. So he, like he's missed out on a lot of key development years that mm. most halves should have mm. uh, and as much as he's gained a heap of experience he's also gained a heap of experience in the best system imaginable on the mm. best edge imaginable uh, yeah I, 
I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that he is struggling. I didn't think he'd hit the ground running like he was last year. But Did I, you think he'd be a little bit better? Yeah. But I thought Canterbury would be a little bit better, yeah, to be fair. That's true. That's true. Um, I was going to say, I was say um, he's also not in big money. So he'll... Because like, yeah, he signed so he early. He signed so early. Yeah. So I think the reports were something like 550 or something like that. So Probably around 400. A, yeah, if he gets a, a big Jeez. offer... Yeah. That's, the, that's the issue yeah more than anything isn't it if yeah. there's big money coming out if which there will a, be if he's sitting on 800k a year he's going oh you know what fuck it I'll stay yeah. here and get the job done whereas like I can guarantee you there's some big clubs going sniffing around his manager right now going look I think he stays and like I, I don't want to this is pure pure speculation pure pure speculation there's no fucking rumblings yeah. that he's not happy it, what, what I'm more talking about is like this is how we do things. Sometimes see things play out. We see these gun players go to these clubs that struggle, and then they like you know Nick Kotrick's a perfect example. Origin, he was playing Origin, goes to the doggies, doesn't playing enjoy for it. the kangaroos. Playing for the kangaroos, yeah. goes to the doggies, doesn't enjoy it, goes back. Um, but I still think like he's such an incredible player. Like I, I still believe he's going to be one of the better sixes. He's just got sure. so many weapons in that duffel bag. So many weapons in the duffel bag. Like his kicking game at such a young age, like that long, his long torpedo uh, floater bomb. It's like to, you almost can't teach that. Yeah, I was about to say, you, know? you can't teach the timing of a football. Oh, mate. You can craft it, but you can't get a bloke who just doesn't have that natural timing to send his kicks an extra 20 metres. No, no way. And they're just, so that's the weapon that he has. Um, I think in his defence as well, like he's had a bunch of different halves pairings. This is his third one. Um, but I, I would be, if I'm the doggies, I would just be making, I'd be constantly in um, communication with him just to make sure that he's happy, everything's okay, you know, uh, because the last, this side with Kickow and Reed Marnie in it are a totally different side, mm. especially the Reed Marnie, especially the Reed Marnie. All of a sudden, like Reed Marnie has played four or five years by that point. He's almost an experienced hooker. So he can take over the role of like getting him around the park and, and making all those tough decisions that you have to make on the fly. So, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope he bounces back. The lo- I, I just, you know how unhappy you can be when you go from the fucking premiership winnings to a team that could win the spoon? Could be tough. Could be tough. And on top of all that, he signed so, like, early. You have to ask, if he had a signed later, would have he still done it? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Gus Gould, he's got it under wraps. For he's sure. got it under wraps. Um, nothing to worry about Doggies fans, but it is something to track and, and I guess make sure from an admin perspective that he's okay, he's happy, there's nothing to worry about. Um, thoughts on Tavita Pangai Jr. since going there? Mate, I, you know, I've never been overly high on, on, on Tavita, but mate, credit to him. Like, despite them not putting W's on the board, mate, fuck, he's playing some impressive footy. Mm. I would actually argue this is probably the most consistent we've seen from Tavita. Yeah, I reckon. And if you would have said to me six weeks ago he's about to play his most consistent footy when he starts stinks in trial matches and everything, I would have said mm. not a hope in hell. Mm. Like, it, 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 this season started with that trial game with me thinking this will be his most inconsistent we've seen. And mm. mate, he's played really well. Um, you, know, you can probably talk more about it. And Supercoach stats isn't a direct reflection. And mate, you get to the end of every single game and you look at Tavita and you look at the scores that he's putting up and then you go and check his stats and you just go, Christ, how aren't they getting off the back of what mm. this guy is doing? Mm. Uh, and as you said before, just having Dufty off his hip, having Josh oh. Adokar off his hip. That's what I, I, I look at Penrith. As soon as they have an offload, they get it to one of their big three players. Mm. It goes straight to Cleary, Luai, or Appy himself can go. This Canterbury side, 
you know, if it's not going to duff to your Burton, like when Jeremy Marshall King gets it or when Flanagan gets it, it's not alarm bells. It has to go to one of those other two, which uh, I, I just don't think they play well enough off the back of their second phase footy that they get from Tamita. Yeah, the Doggies are a tough one because I, I think their forward pack has actually had a good year. Like, I really do think their forward pack has had a good year. I know they got towed up by the storm, but they were in that game. Their forward pack had one field position for the first 40 minutes. Yep. It's just, as, as we've said, it's those key positions and creating that extra attacking flair. But in the first half, they, you know, they scored 14 points. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where to put the doggies, eh? Because they, they, they're, probably, they're just not where I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be landing around the 12th or whatever mark. But the fact that they're sitting at the bottom of the table now, I think... Do you think most of us would have thought they'd be off the bottom of the table? Yeah. I, got them at, I got them at 15s to start the comp for the wooden spoon. I saw that. I was like, building towards next year, as we said. I was like, they're still, a, from what we've seen in recent years, um, I think there's a lot to play out. They'll get better, but it's, um, I, I think anyone who's sort of thought top eight and all that, this bright future oh, immediately, yeah. it was always going to take no time. Way. So yeah. No way they'd be top eight immediately. Yeah, yeah so I, I think that from what I'm like looking outside in, it looks like they're doing what they probably should have done last year, what is they're planning for next year. Yeah. I think that they pick and stick with Flanagan. Uh, they obviously stick with Burton and, and they stick with a, a core group of players to try and build for next year. That's, that's what I think they should do. Um, but yeah, massive shout out to Josh Jackson. Like what a fucking knock, 51 tackles, no miss. Massive shout out to Shoup, he was fantastic. Kiraz, great debut. And Josh Adokar, like I, I, I want to give him a massive rap because I think most footy fans, or at least a lot of footy fans, pictured Adokar as like a front runner. He's at the storm, scoring heaps of tries. There's no way he's going to be a battler. And I think Adokar has proven since going to the Doggies, no, no, he's a fucking winner and a yep. competitor. And it doesn't matter whether he's on the front or the back foot, he rips right in. Um, and I don't think a lot of people thought that of, of Josh Adokar. And I think he's proven that, look at those stats. It's two tries, 171 metres, 43 post-contact, 10 tackle breaks, two line breaks. I just want to give him a wrap. I think he has proven there's a reason why he is one of the best wingers to ever play the game. And I think also, the thing that stood out for me, and you don't get a great insight to it on TV, but, mate, every time it flashes to him, he's talking. Yep. He's just, and I, I don't know, I, I, I don't really think of any other wingers I've seen that are talking as much as what he seemingly is. Mm. You see a small cliff of it on TV, no doubt about that. But there isn't a time where I see Adokar on TV and he isn't talking to the guys inside him or screaming at blokes that are 30 metres infield. Yeah. It's, yep. it's impressive. Yeah, and it says a lot about his character too. You know, there's how often we see wingers go to clubs, that they go from world beater wingers to struggle. Um, I mean, you could even... I was at the Broncos killing it, which the Warriors struggled. Um, whereas Adokar, he's still putting up big, big numbers. So incredible stuff from Adokar. Doggies fans, going to be... It's going to be a build year, but I do believe there's so much to look forward to. So much to look forward to. Reed Marnie, Gus Gould there, Kikiao. I think there's a lot of bright future. Yeah. And we spoke about it in the preseason that their first two weeks were reasonably good matchup. Cowboys, Brisbane, they came out of that with a one on one record. Then they've, since then, they've have gone Manly, Melbourne, Penrith, Souths. Lost to Brisbane. Now they go Roosters the week, next week. So they've had a tough run. It, it's, yeah, it has been a really tough run. Granted, it's made harder by, you know, having three halfbacks in that time. Mm. 
But I think regardless of who they had at seven, it would have been a tough run. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, it's, it's Brisbane at Brisbane and it required an Adam Reynolds masterclass to yep. get them out of trouble. Um, so keep your head up, Doggies fans. It'll turn around. The, the positive thing for the Doggies is you can see the plan where it's like the Tigers, when they were struggling, it was like, what's the plan? Like, wh- where are we going with this? Um, and then obviously the Tigers have turned things around.